Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. If you've joined us today right there in Madison, South Georgia, (laughs) we're so glad you're listening to this broadcast today. And if you have come to our website, downloaded this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus, we welcome you to this Bible study today. If you are listening by the World Wide Web anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, we welcome you today and we do pray that we might be a blessing to you and we know the Word of God will be a blessing if you receive it into a good ground heart today. What is a good ground heart? It's a heart uh, that is soft and pliant before the Lord. It's a teachable spirit. It's someone who says, I want to know the will of God, uh, and I want to hear it that I might give heed. You know, the scripture said we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. So we want to listen with the intent of applying the word to our life and applying it to our daily walk. Praise God. God is calling us uh, out of the, 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 all of the responsibilities for a while, all of the, the distractions and disruptions and all of the things that get in the way and clutter our lives to take time to enter in to His presence. Not only that we might pray and talk with Him, but we might listen and hear Him speak to us. Prayer has never been meant to be a one-way street. Us talking to God, never stopping to listen to see if we can hear the Lord speak to us. You know, God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us by His Word. When we open our hearts and open the Bible and we study the Word of God, God speaks to us. For all scriptures given by inspiration of God, literally, God breathed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And preaching and teaching, it's all about God speaking to us as well. So we want to get into this uh, this area of devotion in our Christian life, and we're going to be talking about meeting with God, entering into the presence of God. We're going to be reading from Exodus 33, verse 7 through 11. Exodus 33, verse 7 through 11. And uh, before we go, I'd like to invite you to come to our website. If you would like to, just type in THCOG. That'll take you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. Uh, And uh, we're into our 44th year that I have been the senior pastor. So I have been studying the Word uh, for over four decades, uh, not just to preach. (laughs) Amen. I want to make it very clear. I don't study the Word of God just to prepare a sermon. I study the Word of God that I may uh, hear God speak to me and give heed to it. Praise God. The Lord has been so good to us. We're getting ready to celebrate our 54th wedding anniversary. Uh, in fact, when you're hearing this broadcast, we have, we will have celebrated it. Praise God. And, and going for 55.
alive should Jesus tarry and we continue to live and breathe here on this planet. Praise God. All right. Just to, to let you know that God is faithful uh, down through all these years of ministry, all these years of marriage. He is faithful and there is victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you today, but it is essential that we be able to have times where we can enter into the presence of God. We can talk to Him and we can hear Him speak to us, to direct us, to lead us, to guide us, to encourage us. Praise God. All right, before we get too far into that, once again, uh, we want to thank you for being part of our listening family right here on WMAF. And we want to state very, very clearly uh, and sincerely how honored we are to be part of the broadcast family here on WMAF. Uh, We feel like we know you and we pray that you feel like you know us enough to to, uh, trust that we are sincere in our endeavors for the Lord. Your your worth to us is not what you may give to a ministry and there's nothing wrong with that. It's essential that that occur for ministries to continue. But your value to us is as someone for whom Christ died. Someone who was worth God giving his son, Jesus giving his life on the cross for you. Regardless of what you are in life and what your past may be and what your present may be. Amen. You are so loved, beloved of the Lord and you are so valuable to God. Who am I? The songwriter wrote that a king would bleed and die for. And when you really look at the the accuracy of of Scripture and the understanding that he wasn't just a king, he was the creator of all of the kings of the earth, the creator of all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth. He is God Almighty. And he loved us enough to give us his only begotten Son, And Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, God in flesh, went to the cross in our behalf. Who am I that God Almighty would bleed and die for and say, not my will, thine for? The answer, I may never know why he ever loved me so that to an old rugged cross he would go for who am I? Well, I'm discovering who I am. I am the object of God's love, an intense and immense love that is so powerful and so, so absolutely passionate that he would give his son and Jesus would give his life. That gives me value. That gives me worth beyond rubies and diamonds and gold and silver today. So I'm not living each day to try to impress someone, to try to get affirmation from someone. I have the greatest affirmation and confirmation of love that there could ever be because my Savior is also my sovereign and He died on the cross in my place. Oh, friend of mine, what a freedom it is, hallelujah, to know that God loves each of us as if there was only one 
of us. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into our message today. Meeting with God, entering into the presence of God. Exodus 33, 7 through 11. Exodus 33, 7 through 11. Listen to it carefully. It said, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, I'm going to read from Holman's translation in just a moment, but I'm going to stop right here uh, and, uh, and tell you what his translation is, and it is accurate, very accurate. He called it the tent of meeting, the tent of meeting, because something was going to occur in this, this tent uh, outside the camp and the tents of Israel, this place where he would go alone and meet with God intimately and personally. Amen. And it came to pass, I'll continue reading, that every one which sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And verse 8 said, And it came to pass when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose up, and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, understand this word is tent in the, in the Hebrew, as it is in the Greek New Testament, where the Apostle Paul said, if this tabernacle were blown down by a mighty wind, we have one in the heavens not made with hands. Speaking of the human body as a tent, and Paul being a tent maker by trade, uh, clearly understood that the body like the tent is a temporary dwelling place. It is not an eternal dwelling place. Hallelujah. Amen. But this word tabernacle can be misleading unless we understand it as a tent. And it said, and I'm going to read it again from verse 9, And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Now I'm going to read it from the Holman translation. It said, And Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. Now, God didn't talk to them like he talked to the leader of them, Moses, the appointed leader. And something about Moses allowed a special relationship with God. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Covenant that said God will speak to his, his servants and prophets in visions and dreams, but not so his servant Moses. With him, he will speak to mouth to mouth. 
And I wanted to see uh, what it was in Moses that allowed for this intimate, personal relationship. Well, uh, number one, he was the leader of Israel, and his responsibility was so great before God. God spoke to him mouth to mouth as someone. But more than that, he spoke to him as someone would speak to a friend. What allowed for this intimate, personal relationship. Well, the Scripture said of Moses in the Old Covenant, Now Moses was more meek than any of the men or women of his generation. There was no human being that manifested that 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 fruit of character called meekness. You know, I used to minister that uh, out of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. When you hear the word weak, meek, we think of, of weakness, but it's not. I, I'm going to define it this way. It's power under control. It's like a horse, a mighty war horse that its rider gets upon it, its master, and rides it into cannon fire. And yet the horse who could throw that rider easily and go its own way because of its size and strength is so submitted and committed to the will of its rider that it continues forward in the face of such terror. It continues to do the will of the one that is riding it. It's one of those underrated fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of meekness. But didn't Jesus say, if we wanted rest for our soul, to take his yoke upon us and learn of him, for he was meek, and lowly in spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I didn't come to do what I wanted to do. I came to do what I see my father do. I didn't come to say what I plan to say, but what I hear my father say. My words are not mine, and the works are not mine. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, meekness allows for a relationship with God like no other uh, attribute uh, of, of our character. Meekness is not weakness. It is power under control. Jesus could have called the armies of heaven because he was the captain of the, he was the, 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 the Lord of hosts or the captain of heaven's armies at the same time that he entered in to our humanity, took on himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself. Even though he lost none of his power, he never used that power to take himself down from the cross or to keep from going to the cross. This is meekness. This is power under control. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So I want to read this again from the Holman. Now Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Now anyone could go there that wanted to consult the Lord. They would go to the tent of meeting, but the, there's no evidence that the pillar came down, no evidence of the audible voice of God speaking intimately and personally. But there was something about getting near that presence, getting in that place that was set aside. You know, when we pray, we need to enter into the presence of God. We need to not just pray to a God that is, that is perceived to be sitting aloof in his heaven, way up there 
somewhere, wondering if he's listening, wondering uh, uh, about whether or not that he's too busy to be concerned with the everyday frustrations and the everyday anxieties and fears and tears and, and needs of our life. We need to set aside a place. Jesus taught it this way. And I believe it's it's tying in to this place set aside for one purpose, and that is to meet with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus said, when you pray, enter into your closet. Now, we're not talking about the closets we have in our home. Uh, if your home is like our home, uh, over time, those closets get so cluttered, <laughs> I couldn't get in there. And if I did, I would be kneeling on a bunch of old shoes, and that wouldn't be comfortable at all. It's not talking about an actual closet as we would see one in a home. It's talking about a place set aside to meet with God, not just to pray and make our petitions known, but to have fellowship with him, to listen as well. I don't know if you've ever just sat in the presence of God and pondered something that you need an answer to and, and just wait before the Lord. And maybe the next time you read your Bible, something will just, just uh, like 3D, uh, something like a virtual reality <laughs> that the word will just leap out into your heart. God will speak to you. You may hear it in a message. Maybe there's a, 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 a message that takes a, an hour to preach or teach, but somewhere in that message for a, for a moment, something is quickened to your heart and God God is speaking to you. Praise God. It may be while you're, you're meditating. It may be while you're worshiping. And when I say meditating, we're talking about, we're talking about focusing on His Word and how it relates to your life. We're not talking about any of the, any of the transcendental stuff because it won't mix with what we're talking about here. We're talking about not a state of mind, but a state of heart. Hallelujah. Getting a hunger to get into the presence of God, to speak with Him and listen that He might speak with us. Hallelujah. Now the man Moses was above all of his generation most meek. I like the Amplified as well. It said, Now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp far off from the camp, and he called it, once again, the tent of meeting of God with his own people. And everyone who sought the Lord went out to that temporary tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. I want to make a statement here today, a challenge, if you please. Every new covenant Christian has the awesome privilege of entering in to the presence of God. Let me, let me read this from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. It said, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I want to stop and define the holiest. Remember the Old Testament tabernacle? There was the holy place. Uh, there was the, there was the, Holy of Holies, which was that that was behind the veil. And it was going into that that only the high priest could enter in once a year after offering 
a sin sacrifice for himself and then entering in to offer a sin sacrifice for the nation of Israel. This is coming into the very presence of God. And the scripture said to the new covenant believer, having therefore brethren boldness to enter in the confidence and assurance to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. One translation says, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. The wall of separation came crashing down. As the flesh was so torn in the body of our Savior on the cross, and as the blood streamed down and puddled at the foot of the cross, a new and living way was opened unto those who would believe on Him into the very presence of God. His body broken, ripped, and torn like the linen veil reconciled us to God. And that's why he said in our communion services as Christians, this is my body, but it is broken for you. And he tore the loaf in two. And, and, and when he declared that, this was so we could come to God. Hallelujah. Holy Communion declares that a ransom has been paid. A sacrifice has been accepted. And we are now fully accepted as the children of God. Hallelujah. And that meeting place has been established where we can enjoy fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ. You know, the, the scripture says in First John, For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Our koinonia, that speaks of an intimate, personal relationship. And I'm afraid sometimes we're trying to substitute the right religion uh, and all of the, the things that we should do, going to church, giving and praising God and singing with the choir to take the place of that meeting place, that closet, that place where we have set apart, set aside, where there is no computer, where there is no telephone, there is no iPhone, there is no Facebook, that we're not interrupted by a phone call. And we say, this is a sacred, holy place and time where I'm going to meet with God. For truly, our koinonia, truly, our fellowship now, is with God the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Oh, friend, I think that's what's missing in so many Christian lives today is that quiet, personal time with God. You can't just go to church and look at the jumbotron and see the preacher up there and, and sit with the saints and sing with the choir. It's not the same. Uh, it's a good place. It's a good start. And we can experience God's presence during our worship service. But a lot of worship 
services is not really personal. It is just watching this orchestra play and these singers sing and, and maybe feeling some emotion as that's going on. This is going beyond emotion. This has to do with devotion, setting aside a place and time where you meet with God because the veil has been rent and we are called into the presence of the Lord for fellowship and relationship. The practice of the right religion to the letter will not take the place of a relationship with God and a relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah, where we enter in to his presence. Listen to First Peter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also has suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And this, this word, bring us into the presence of God, is a Greek word that means to lead, to bring, to open a way of access for one to God, to render one acceptable to God, and thereby open a way of access to God. God in His great love, dear friend, has sent His Son to bring us to Himself. He takes the initiative. He wants fellowship with us. You know, Jesus said to a church that was practicing their religion, but they were not in a relationship with God, the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. And here's what he said. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And when he comes in, something occurs. Listen to it carefully. And I will sup with him, and he will sup with me. Oh, friend, that's a table for two, where two people can speak to each other personally, intimately. This is about relationship. God saying, I want to fellowship you. I don't want to just forgive you and treat you as an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But now, Paul said, we are the sons of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It doesn't appear what we shall be. We still look through a glass darkly with all the evidence we have in the word and the information. We can't see clearly all that God hath prepared. But one thing we do know, that right now, if you're a Christian, you are a child of God. You haven't just been saved and forgiven. You have been brought into his royal family. In fact, we've been brought so close that Ephesians declares that we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. That we, as the Christian community, make up the body, the spiritual body of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, friend, this just gets better and better and better as we look deeper and deeper into the Word of God. Hallelujah. So the cross where Jesus died for us became the place of meeting where reconciliation occurred. Because of it, we have been brought to God accepted in the beloved, 
call the sons and daughters of Almighty God and able to call Him Abba Father. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father. It should be the way we begin every prayer. Our Father which art in heaven. We come to the Father in the name of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallowed be thy name. 1 Corinthians one eighteen says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us who are saved it is the power of God. I love the great old hymn at Calvary. I want to read a verse of that as we get ready to close today. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Hallelujah. Friend, the Calvary, the place of the skull Golgotha, the place in the hill that the old rugged cross was raised upon. That place, that place where God gave His Son and Jesus gave His life, staying on the cross so that He could save you and me and not just forgive our sins and keep us from being banished and punished forever but so he could bring us to God. So he could bring us to God for the purpose of fellowship, koinonia. Friend of mine today, thank God for going to church and singing with the choir, but thank God for those times when we go to our tent of meeting, our place, wherever we make it, God will meet with us if we will set aside a place and a time and say, Lord, I didn't come here for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. Ah, friend, God will meet with you. He will enrich you with his presence. And when we go to church, we won't go so dry that the preacher or the song leader has to pump and prime that old pump to get water from it. And when we witness, we won't have to try to read a script. It'll be like an artesian well rising up. Well, our time is gone today. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.